Hannah Staver, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends when you go out this weekend. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Ohio Politics Explained, the sunshine in Ohio edition. This week, we're talking about Governor Mike DeWine's new wish list, how the Holocaust might derail an education bill, the literal in-your-face moments on the campaign trail, and how you can participate in the upcoming primary debates. Joining me this week is Bureau Chief Anthony Shoemaker, debate organizer extraordinaire. Welcome back to the show, Anthony. It's good to be with you, Anna. All right. Not much news going on. No, not at all. Been a very slow week. (laughs) Let's get started. Our first topic is the state of the state. And for those of you who don't know, Ohio's governor traditionally gives a big speech once a year where he or she talks about their successes and lays out plans for the future. It's kind of like a presidential state of the union. And on Wednesday, Mike DeWine gave his first state of the state in three years. And for a guy who technically has less than a year in office, the man had a lot of big ideas. For one thing, he wants to transform the way we treat mental health. Um, He called for major investments in the behavioral health workforce, research, capacity at crisis service providers, outpatient facilities. He also wanted to invest in state parks, in an Appalachia, and continue investing in programs like H2 Ohio, which funds clean water projects. It was a lot of like, let's spend money. Yeah, it was a lot of uh, a lot of big ideas. He also talked a lot about the Intel plant coming mm-hmm. to the Columbus area, which is a $20 billion investment. In their response, Democrats uh, were, were talking about, you know, Joe Biden, uh, the federal government played a role in that. Biden also mentioned that in the State of the Union. Uh, but he spent a lot of time talking about mental health and the increase in the state suicide rates was a big topic for him. Yeah. And what I thought was really interesting is he kind of took it back to when we made this push to community care. So in like the 60s and 70s, we decided that institutionalizing people with mental health was probably not the best idea and they could probably live within society with some community care. But a lot of that just like never got built out. Right. And so now he's saying is the time to finally invest in that, because what's happened is you see it a lot in um, they end up in the criminal justice system or they end up homeless and on the streets because they aren't getting the services that they need to live in the community. Right. You pay a lot more more for those people if they end up in jail or in the criminal justice system than, you know, if you try to deal with those problems on the front end. Yeah. And, you know, what I find really interesting is, you know, House Speaker Bob Cub and Senate President Matt Huffman had their own press conference after the state of the state. And they were like, yeah, we agree with this in theory, but we'd like to see a price tag. Right. That's always the, the devil in the details. A lot of what the governor's talking about is not cheap. Right. Yeah, no, it isn't, you know, and we have a story coming out next week uh, that Titus Wu was working on about the statewide suicide hotline. Mm. And it's just talking about the millions and millions of dollars that it costs to make something like that work statewide. Yeah, like the Buckeye Institute, which is like a conservative think tank here in Ohio, said like, you know, be all of this sounds great, but just be aware that some of these things may have large ongoing costs right. and that ultimately we may not be able to afford all the things that Governor DeWine set out to do. That's true. So our second topic is the Holocaust. Okay. So there's this Republican representative named Sarah Fowler Arthur from Ashtabula, and she made some comments during an interview with News 5 in Cleveland that upset members of Ohio's Jewish community. The interview was about her bill to limit how divisive concepts like slavery and racism and even Nazism can be taught in Ohio classrooms and in public employee trainings. And rather than summarize what she said, I'm just going to read you this quote. You should talk about these atrocities that have happened in history, but you also have an obligation to point out the value that each individual brings to the table. 
When asked to clarify, she then described the Holocaust as the murder of hundreds of thousands of people by German soldiers for the color of their skin. So a couple of things to unpack. A lot of things to unpack. (laughs) Yeah. So one thing is the Jewish community says German soldier instead of Nazi is just on its face problematic um, because that's how Holocaust deniers talk about them. And the Nazis killed millions of people. And while some, yeah, were killed for the color of their skin, the majority, including those six million Jews, were killed um, not exactly for their race. The Nazis had some misguided uh, beliefs about ancestry and the sort of genetic inferiority of the Jewish race. But it was very tied to their religion. Yeah, I mean, and and this just, you know, the bill that she's uh, behind, House Bill 327, has been so controversial. For Speaker Cup to come out and say something like, you know, like he did against another oh, yeah. Republican House member that her comments were inappropriate, that just doesn't happen every day. No. Um, and, and, you know, your story uh, that you had this week about the bill and kind of it's it goes beyond K through 12 education it, and it could have an impact in how police officers are taught, you know, racial bias training and, and impacts in, in higher education. It's it's much and bigger. libraries. Yeah. What kind of books libraries can carry and events that they can have. So this is is not just some some bill that's going to impact public schools at the K through 12 level. It's bigger than that. Yeah. And Fowler Arthur released a statement um, late last night that basically said uh, politicians and left wing special interests were trying to mischaracterize her the same way they mischaracterized the bill. She basically was saying that the way the Jewish community and the way Democrats and other folks have interpreted her comments were not correct. Right. Well, I know that the, um, you know, her, her name escapes me right now, but the anchor uh, from the reporter from WWS in Cleveland uh, posted on Twitter, you know, that the the, um, the station is standing by her reporting and, and the comments that, you know, were taken and the audios there if people want to listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to, I would recommend listening to the, they've posted the unedited cut of the the interview so you can hear the entire thing. So our third topic is the Republican primary races for U.S. Senate and Ohio governor. So there was a primary debate in Gehanna, and apparently Josh Mandel and Mike Gibbons got into it. I'm talking like the in-your-face name-calling kind to get into it. And at one point... Uh, Bumble in the jungle. That's yeah. <laughs> and at one point, it sounded like one of them used an inappropriate word for female genitalia that we are not going to repeat. Gibbons says he didn't use it. Mandel's team said they were reviewing the audio, but it was definitely a Someone with up. a microphone used it. Yes. That much is clear. And then the very next day, DeWine and his challenger, Joe Blystone, got into it. They had words at the Ohio Beef Expo. And the governor apparently said he was going to kick Blystone's ass. Well, that's, that's what the Blystone people say the governor said. The governor's yes. office wouldn't confirm or deny uh, it. what the governor said. Uh, <laughs> but the um, the governor did say that he said, quote, what I did was uh, made a reference to me winning the race. And I expressed to him my confidence that I would defeat him in the race for governor. <laughs> yeah. Quote. So safe to say the primaries are heating up. Yeah. I mean, in the video, you see um, Governor DeWine uh, put his uh, hand on Blystone's shoulder and then Blystone kind of swat him away. And there's some words. And then, then it looks like some security agents get the governor out of the situation. And this all was kind of sparked because Governor DeWine declined the invitation to um, to the central state debate next week. There was a debate scheduled for Tuesday um, between the governor candidates for the Republican Party, and um, Governor DeWine declined that. And um, Blystone was asking the governor, apparently, why don't you want to do a debate? 
Yeah. And he hasn't done any primary debate. Like that's just not like he's done a couple and he's not doing central state. DeWine right. won't participate in any. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember the last time DeWine participated in a primary debate. He, he tends to do general election debates. And speaking of primary debates, this is the perfect segue into our fourth and final topic, the upcoming debates at Central State University. And since our fearless leader has been super busy organizing them, I'm going to let Anthony take the lead here. So tell us how we can go, how we can watch. What yeah, it's, a, it's an ambitious, uh, it's an ambitious uh, week coming up. The Ohio Debate Commission, which I'm a part of, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's made up of media people and academic people and, and others throughout the state who want to put on more high quality debates across the state, but also share those debates with everybody. So there's no charge. It doesn't matter what, you know, network you're on. Any radio station, TV station, website in Ohio can get the feed for these debates and and show them. Um, and on Monday morning at 1130, we're going to have the three candidates for the Democratic um, U.S. Senate uh uh, race in a debate. So we'll have Morgan Harper and Tracy Johnson and Congressman Tim Ryan in that debate at 1130. And then that evening, we're going to have round two of the of the Republican uh, Senate uh, candidates. We'll have Mike Gibbons, Matt Dolan, Jane Timken, and J.D. Vance. But we'll also have Neil Patel and uh, Mark Perkita on that debate. So there will be seven candidates. So that one's going to actually be an hour and a half. We're going to get some extra time for you that You guys going to get some security just in yeah, case? Yeah, we don't talk about security, right? <laughs> That's true. But you, gotta, you might have to get between some of them. And then on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday evening at 7, we're going to have um, former Cincinnati Mayor John Cranley and former Dayton Mayor Nan Whaley in the Democratic uh, governor debate. All the debates are being held at Central State. Central State's uh, very excited to be uh, to be hosting all of these events. They're going to take take place all in the same auditorium, so it's kind of like debate palooza. There's uh, <laughs> there's some events for students and. Do uh, we get some, t-shirts? Right. Yeah, I mean, Lollapalooza is <laughs> fun for some people. Debate Palooza for political nerds, but it'll, it'll it's going to be an interesting and I think informative uh, two days. Uh, we're going to carry all the debates live on our websites um, for all of our newspapers. They will live online and be available for people to use throughout the primary election whenever election day is, if it's May 3rd or <laughs> sometime later. And we really look at it as being a public service for people to use. You know, more and more Ohioans vote early now. So we wanted to have the debates before early voting started um, in April. So that was one of the reasons why they were scheduled for the end of March. So that, you know, they're there for people to use whenever they decide they want to fill out their ballots. They can sit down and watch the debates. Pop some popcorn and enjoy the show. <laughs> That's great. And one more thing before you go. If you think your company's social media policy is extreme, you should check out the one going into effect for police officers and firefighters in Columbus. The new policy, which is be called overly broad by their unions, would let the city discipline first responders for private emails they write while off duty. So like emails that aren't in any way related to their job. And they would also be barred from identifying their employer on social media. Mm. I know it's... It's kind of crazy to think that you could write an angry email to your ex and that could end up. I don't know if that would qualify, but it sounds like they have a lot of discretion and that's what the union is concerned about. Like what kind of emails could wind up putting you in hot water with your job? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've, we've heard of some situations around the state where there were some some sheriff deputies exchanging some text messages and things like that that were, you know, kind of racist jokes. And yeah, like that, that come back to, to haunt them. So. No, that's a really good point. And it's it's one of those questions that you have at like what point, you know, when you live in the public eye, do you get a private life? Right. Not much privacy anymore for any of us. No. 
All right. And if you want to learn more about any of the topics we covered today, check us out online at enquirer.com.